Lobs it. Burns alone. Touchdown, New York. Swung out of this. Strike three. Johan Santana has fixed the no-hitter. Anthony's going to try and get one more shot off for him. Throw the buzzer. Oh, he puts it Mike Messier. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Welcome back to TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. Man, what a Saturday. Had some really great college football games go on. And we had a pretty disappointing loss by the West Virginia Mountaineers. Is it time for Neil Brown to go? Is something need to change at West Virginia University? Well, today we are going to talk about that. But before we talk about that, let's jump into a couple good highlighted games we talked about. We talked about Colorado TCU. We talked about the Dukes Mayo Classic, UNC versus South Carolina. We will touch a little bit on Ohio State and Indiana, and then we will get to the West Virginia Mountaineers. So, first of all, Colorado versus TCU. I told you this was going to be an electrifying game. I told you this would be a game to watch, and man, was it a game. Colorado beating TCU 45 42, the first win for Coach Prime. He took a 1-11 program and beat the program who was in the national championship versus Georgia in the previous season. 87 transfers came to Colorado this offseason. Now, the funny thing is, they were only projected three wins. Three wins? You get 87 new guys, and you're only projected three wins. And by the way, I don't expect any of these guys to be bums because Deion Sanders isn't letting bums on the field. It's just not going to happen. Shadir Sanders... Son of Deion Sanders, quarterback, 38 of 47 passing for 510 yards and four touchdowns. Absolutely electric. Dylan Edwards, man, his first collegiate game, five receptions, 135 yards, and three touchdowns. He averaged 27 yards per reception. And Travis Hunter, man, was the world wrong about this kid. He got a lot of crap for going to Jackson State with Deion Sanders because he was the number one corner coming out of high school, and people said, well, he shouldn't do that. He should come to a big-time school and play here and this and that. Travis Hunter, ladies and gentlemen, played over 110 snaps yesterday. In the mixed all doing that, he had 11 receptions, 119 yards. He averaged 10.8 yards per reception, and he also had an interception yesterday. Plus, he was the hardest corner on the field for this team. When they needed him the most, he showed up. He was the guy causing problems for TCU. Now Travis and Shadir played at Jackson State together, which is an FCS team. FCS is a subdivision of the BCS. To come out and play their first BCS game together and to really have a new roster because two of these guys have played together and most of them haven't played together. So really like 20 players have not played together. And to play that well, to show up and play that well, is incredible. For Sanders to come into his first BCS game against the program who is now respected for making the national championship last year, Sonny Dykes, who's a good head coach for TCU, and we expected a better defense out of TCU this year, to play that well, Underneath the pressure, caused no mistakes, threw for 510 yards in his first BCS game, four touchdowns, is absolutely incredible. The Pac-12 this year is loaded 
and I mean loaded with quarterback talent. You've got Caleb Williams, Penix Jr., Bo Nix, and now Sanders, all competing in the same conference. That is absolutely crazy. It's going to be a fun season to watch Colorado. I'm going to be tuning into more Colorado games. Next week, Colorado will be taking on Nebraska. It'll be Coach Prime's first home game. This game could be interesting. I know a lot of people are like, well, Nebraska's not very good. Nebraska just got Matt Rule, who I think is a really good coach, and I think he could turn around this Nebraska program and make them really interesting. Remember, Matt Rule did go to Baylor and transfer that program to winning the conference of the Big 12. And then he went to Carolina. Yes, he had an up-and-down season with the Carolina Panthers. However, I still think he's a good coach, and I think he will turn this Nebraska program around. I don't think it's right now. But this could be a fun matchup. A future Big 12 team versus a Big 10 opponent could be really, really fun. And... Let's see if these guys can continue on making statements. Let's see if we can get more out of Sanders, Hunter, and Edwards. This could be a really, really fun season. Obviously, in a couple weeks, we'll see them against Bo Nix, and then we're going to see them against Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley in back-to-back weeks. That's going to be really, really fun. We're going to talk about those games coming up. But Deion Sanders, first win in the BCS as a head coach, absolutely incredible. Great performance, great game. If you missed it, I feel sorry for you because that was a game you shouldn't have missed. Now we'll talk about the Dukes-Mayo Classic. The best of the Carolinas. 31-17 was the final score. Drake May leads his team over the Gamecocks to secure who is the best Carolina until next time they play. Drake May, 24-32, 269 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 75% completion. British Brooks, the running back, 15 carries, 103 yards. Kobe Pesor, 7 receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. UNC played really, really well yesterday. For the Gamecocks, Spencer Radler, 30 of 39, 353 yards. Xavier Leggett, 9 receptions, 178 yards. Now let's talk about why South Carolina you know, kind of collapsed in this game. First thing we're going to take highlight into is South Carolina's running game was atrocious. UNC had 168 rushing yards yesterday to South Carolina's minus two. That, that is absolutely awful. South Carolina's offensive line was terrible yesterday, especially for an SEC, SEC offensive line. They were absolutely atrocious yesterday. UNC was 8 of 13 on third downs compared to South Carolina's 4 of 14. And Radler was sacked nine times, and UNC kept the pressure on. See, that was the question marker coming into this game. Was UNC's defense going to show up? Because they were not very good last year, and people were thinking, okay, South Carolina is going to take the advantage because UNC's defense is pretty terrible. And all they talk about at UNC is Drake May. Drake May. Drake May. They don't talk about the defense. The defense showed up yesterday. They torched that offensive line. Spencer Rattler played a good game. They just didn't finish. They couldn't finish the game. They couldn't finish in the red zone. And that was the problem. If Spencer Rattler had a better offensive line and somewhat of a rushing game, they would have probably won this game yesterday. Because he was 30 of 39 for 353 yards. He was practically perfect yesterday. He had a great game. They just couldn't finish. He got sacked nine times. The pressure was on. I mean, UNC, 
their defensive line and their defense came to play. They put the pressure on, and for me, it's disappointing because Spencer Rattler outplayed Drake May yesterday. He had a 76% completion. He outplayed Drake May. He didn't make the mistakes. His offensive line failed him in this game. South Carolina could have won this game yesterday. Either way, congratulations to UNC. Drake May, Heisman candidate. We still expect big things from him. I expect a better game going against a tougher opponent like that. We have to get better games out of Drake May. Two interceptions, and I know they still won 31-17, but I credit the defense more than I'm crediting the offense here. Either way, good Dukes-Mayo Classic. I wish they play every year. I really do. That's an entertaining game to me. I wish they played every single year. That would be fun to watch every single year. Uh, Ohio State and Indiana, we don't have much to talk about here. Ohio State won 23-3. But what I am going to highlight is Kyle McCord, he's got a lot to do. I'm telling you, a lot to improve on. To have a Doka and Marvin Harrison Jr. and to play that poorly in a first half of a football game versus an Indiana team that was not very good and somehow remained in the game for so long is absolutely disappointing. Michigan took care of East Carolina. This makes J.J. McCarthy look good. Ohio State needs to figure out Kyle McCord. They need to, he needs to work on his game and he needs to get better because there was a lot of mistakes he made yesterday, a lot of throws that could have been made better. He could have led Marvin Harrison Jr. on a couple throws. He, they did a QB sneak and he ran the wrong way. I mean, yeah, mistakes happen, but it was clearly wide open for a touchdown if he goes the right way. He's just got to make, you know, good decisions. I know this is his first start and Coming in after Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud, you got a lot of pressure on your shoulders to prove to Ohio State. But, listen, Ohio State's got to have some good recruits, and I'm telling you, you can't look into beating like teams like Penn State and Michigan right now. Penn State, they had their first start in quarterback yesterday. It was his first start, and he played, he played great. We'll get into that in a minute. But Ohio State, I expected a better game overall out of the Buckeyes against Indiana. We're going to go into next week, and we're going to see if Ohio State can improve on some of that stuff. Let's see if Kyle McCord can get better. You know, I expect the kid to get better. Uh, everybody has a rough game. Everybody has a rough patch. But to have two of the prime elite receivers in college football on your team, I just don't see it as a way of Indiana making, like, controlling the game over you. I just don't see how that's possible. So, Ohio State... Improvement. We need improvement. That's what we need. We need the Ohio State this year. You know, you can't be the number three team and look like that. So we need improvement. And finally, let's jump into Penn State versus West Virginia. 38-15. Whew. Man, here we go. A lot to dig into here. Drew L.R., first start at the quarterback of Penn State. A lot of hype around this kid. A lot of talk, man. A lot of talk. Sean Clifford has been the quarterback last five years. You know, a lot of talk. Is Drew Allar going to live up to the hype? Yeah, he did. 21 of 29, 325 yards and three touchdowns. His receiver, Keandre Lambert, the, Lambert Smith, he had a monster game. Four receptions, 123 yards and two touchdowns. 
the offense played great. They moved the ball very, very effectively. They looked good. I know the scoreline most of the game didn't tell that, but if you looked at the stats, Penn State played a very, very good football game. West Virginia, however, Garrett Green, 16-27 for 162 yards, had 15 carries for 71 yards. C.J. Donaldson Jr., 18 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown. That kid is special, ladies and gentlemen. He's a good, he is a great running back for the Mountaineers. And I wish he had a good passing game, take a lot of pressure off him. Offensive line for the Mountaineers, let's give a round of applause. They played great, in my opinion. They held up. They got a lot, they're big guys. They got a lot of, you know, a lot of talent in there, and they know what they're doing. Experience group together. Effects of the game. West Virginia got outplayed. As in total yards, Penn State had 478 to West Virginia's 308. West Virginia's passing offense was absolutely horrendous. They averaged 6 yards per catch to Penn State's 11 yards. They had no post routes, no slant routes, and rarely a deep route. And the one deep route they threw, I'm not too sure if he could actually throw it to the end zone because he just threw it out of the stadium, and it, it only barely made it there. They threw mostly screens and to the flats. You cannot expect to be a top 10 Penn State team at, in their house with screens and flats. That's not going to work, Neil Brown. We need better than that. We need to show the offense a little bit. This is why we had Grant as our offensive coordinator last year. He was supposed to come in, change the offense, make it better, make it a little bit more air raid. Then we lost him because you got involved. That is part of the problem. You go back to your offense. It doesn't work. You can't work these little throwing passes. I know it's either you don't trust Garrett Green or your offense just isn't opened up enough. You don't have enough passing plays for that type of offense. Something has to change at the Mountaineer, for the Mountaineers. They got to get better. On third down, they were 4-14. That's not very good. On defense, though, let's talk about the defense. Some of the guys up front, I think played very, very well. Some of the linebackers played very, very well. Their DBs were not so good yesterday. They played a lot of zone coverage, lined up far away from the receivers, giving the receivers a lot of room. These are very, very talented Penn State receivers. You can't give them all this type of room. I don't mind that you play some zone defense. You need to play a little bit more man-to-man. There's got to be some man-to-man defense there because it's just... It's so predictable. They know what they're going to do. The run game for Penn State was very, very good yesterday. I thought they ran it pretty well, effectively through the holes. I thought Mountaineers ran it really well yesterday. But the passing game, that's really what's mattering here. That's what we're talking about. Out of everything to talk about, the passing game is the biggest question mark. Neil Brown, you could potentially lose your job this season. It would have been a different statement if you went out there and you were throwing it over the middle and you were throwing the all these different type of passing plays and you made it competitive and you showed everybody hey Garrett Green this guy can do it this guy can do it and I'm going to lay out my team on the line you can't go in there expecting screens flats and a couple run plays to beat Penn State it's not going to happen it's not going to happen They are going to be prepared for all that. And the sad part is, when C.J. Donaldson and Garrett Green were in the game, what did Penn State do? They sent the house every time. Because it's either two things. 
Garrett Green's going to look at his first target in the screen of the flat plays, and if he's not open, he's running for it. If C.J. Donaldson's in the game, he's going to run the ball, so they're going to send the house. That's exactly what they were doing. They, The defense for Penn State read the offense of West Virginia so easily. They knew what they were doing. And people are say, well, West Virginia scored their second touchdown. West Virginia scored their second touchdown because Penn State laid off. The score was so high, they didn't have to try anymore. It got to a point they brought in the backup quarterback because West Virginia was completely out of the game. The confidence of Penn State rolled all night long. The fans had it. The team had it. They knew what they were doing. West Virginia, you got improvements to make. You're not going to win any games in the Big 12 if you can't do a little bit of air raid. You have to have some air raid in this offense. You're going to win next week, but coming into week three, you're going to play Pitt. Now, we talked about last show. Pitt lost their quarterback last year. That doesn't matter. You still have to show up. Pitt is going to show up for this game. They are going to show up. Can West Virginia create some type of air raid to respond? I don't really like Neil Brown. If you know me, you know that. I, I don't like Neil Brown. I thought it was wrong when we fired Dana Holgerson. Oh yeah, by the way, which Houston won yesterday. Congratulations to Houston. Welcome to the Big 12. I wasn't happy when we fired Dana Holgerson because he took our air raid away and you hired a coach from Troy. Now, I got nothing wrong with Neil Brown. And a lot of people thought he would open up his offense and, you know, some of the air raid would come with it. I didn't ever really necessarily thought that because you play teams like Army and Navy all the time. And Army and Navy only throw the ball 40 yards per game and they run at about 200. That's what I was expecting when you brought in this Mountaineers team, and which is which it is. You know, they throw a couple screens, flats, and occasionally a, scan, a slant play, but barely. And it's just not enough. And a lot of the Big 12 is still air raid. You're going to have big-time offenses. Now, I think the running game is going to be really good for the Mountaineers in the Big 12 this year. The passing game, though... Something's got to change. Something has to change. Either way, disappointing loss for the Mountaineers. I would have liked to at least seen a more competitive game out of them. I didn't expect them to win, but I expected a more competitive game. Overall, it was a good day. It, it was a good day. TCU and Colorado really made it up for that day. They made it up yesterday for that electrifying game. I watched it start to finish. Absolutely electric. Now, since this episode's coming out today, we're not going to get to talk about Florida State and LSU. Expect a big-time game. Expect a really big-time game here. Electrifying game last year. We expect big things from LSU. We expect big things from Jordan Travis. Going to be an exciting game on ABC, 7.30. LSU is favored by 1.5 for the spread. LSU's favored also because, well, they kind of really shouldn't have lost the game last year. They kind of they kind of blew the game themselves, so people are expecting a bounce back from LSU. If you want my prediction, give me Jordan Travis and the Florida State Seminoles all day. Great team. I'm expecting big things. Potentially winning the ACC this year, or potentially facing Drake May and North Carolina to the ACC championship game this year. That's what I'm expecting overall, and I'm expecting a step up 
for the defense and the offense here for Florida State. And if they could beat LSU and start off a season with a win, that would be absolutely electric. If LSU does win it, though, it's a big-time performance game for them, too. They really need to win this. This would be big for, if I'm positive, it's Brian Kelly. It would be big for Brian Kelly to win this game since you know he's going to have to face Ole Miss later on in the season. Then you're going to have to face Alabama and Texas A&M. Big time starting win for his team. They would really need the motive. They would really need the momentum starting into the season for Florida State to win this game. Be big for Clemson. They got to play Clemson on the set on September twenty third. That'd be a big time thing for them, and that is really their hardest game of the entire or hardest slash ranked game of the entire season. So it would be a big time win for them to take out number five and then be able to go with that momentum and ride the next two games until they play Clemson on the 23rd in Clemson. So we'll see what they can do. Overall, good weekend, good start to college football. Next week, NFL, man, we are back. Kansas City versus the Detroit Lions in Kansas City. Thursday night football. It's going to be absolute thriller on NBC. That's going to be a great game to watch. We will jump into the Sunday games a little bit more, and we will talk about that game. One other game we will talk about, especially coming in next week, is the Monday night, September 11th. Now, for people who like to listen to the countdown on WPKM 96.3 The Beat, Monday, September 11th is our start day, and we are going to be highlighting the Bills and the Jets. Hunter and I are going to be picking which side we think is going to win, who's going to have a better season. We are going to talk about Sunday's games and potentially going into next week and see what we are working with and see who's going to be the top teams in the NFL. I hope you all had a good weekend and enjoy Labor Day. Enjoy it with the family. I'll see you guys later.